Please take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Thank you, Ella. Appreciate that great job you did. 1 Kings chapter 17. Let's all stand. We'll read a few verses, starting with verse number 8. 1 Kings 17, starting with verse number 8. <clears throat> and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, this would be Elijah, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, a, I pray thee, a, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. What a wonderful portion of scripture. What, what a great picture of a woman's faith. As we look at this today, I trust that we recognize that this is a great opportunity for us to, 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 to let this lesson impact our hearts. When we're up against it, when fear is all we can see, we have a God who says, turn to me. And have faith. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us to open the word of God. Father, I pray you'd bless in this morning's service. In Jesus' name, thanking you for every lady here today. Amen. You may be seated. How appropriate we celebrate Mother's Day. After Christmas and Easter, and Mother's Day is probably the most important day to celebrate. As I mentioned when we first started our service, because uh, where would we be without mothers? Think about it for a second. I'd like us to look at the widowed mother of Zarephath. She was living in a very difficult day, a day of famine, a day of famine, a famine that was brought on because of a prophet of God who prayed there be no rain for three and a half years. We see in chapter 18, the next chapter over, that there would come rain after the children of Israel repented and after God saw the faith of the children of Israel and the faith of Elijah. The Bible says that all she had to her 
uh, in her house was a handful of mill, M-E-A-L, and a cruise of oil. Now, think about that for a second. Uh, let's see. Think about it just for a second. Bob Rice, would you please stand and hold up your hand? That's a pretty big hand. Uh, Jeremy, hold up your hand. You got a big hand? Yeah, pretty big hand. Yeah. Okay, now, uh, Christina, hold up your hand. That's a lady's hand. Okay, there's a difference there. Uh, we could maybe eat a whole week on your hand, but uh, her hand, we couldn't eat very much at all. You understand what I'm saying? And so I want you to picture that for a moment. Sometimes you just read over this and we don't understand uh, what kind of faith this was. This is great faith. Pay attention to it, if you would, please. Let the word of God speak to your heart. She was actually gathering sticks to eat her last meal. Think about that for a second. Now, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty good when it comes to barbecue. Uh, I do a pretty good job barbecuing. Uh, but I've never barbecued sticks. Anybody here ever barbecue sticks? No. I, I even went to Syria and I asked, are there any sticks you can eat? And she said, stick to the keto diet. <laughs> Seriously. That's what she, and then it had all different kinds of keto diet things. I'm not sure. Is, is, are sticks on the keto diet? Uh, I, I'm not sure. But... Uh, but think about this for a second. She was in desperate need of food. She was a lady that was going through it. And perhaps some of you today are thinking, I've been going through it, Pastor. You, you don't even know what I've been going through, but I've been going through it. I've had physical needs, financial needs, family problems. And look at this world around me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fearful day that I'm living in. It's sad. It's sad whenever we start looking at the fearful things of life and taking our eyes off the faithful God who can supply for us what we cannot supply for ourselves. All God's people said. Amen. She was in crisis. A widow in the time of famine would uh, even suffer more than others because she did not have much even less than most normal families that had a husband. And then, it come, then comes along Elijah. Huh, Bruce? Elijah comes along. And he starts barking out orders. Uh, he was a fugitive. She had to recognize Elijah. But she was, he was a fugitive. King Ahab and Jezebel, they, they were after all the prophets that were going against them. And the only prophets they liked were the prophets of Baal. And they would soon be defeated by Elijah. But uh, he was now running for his life. Elijah, uh, who prayed for it not to rain until the people of God quit sacrificing to the prophets of Baal, he was a man that was uh, in trouble himself. And she was now harboring, Riley, harboring Elijah. Make things worse, now she's got a criminal uh, under her house top. I mean, she's got somebody that everybody's looking for because they want his hide. Now, <clears throat> take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. 
in James chapter 5, let me see if we can find James chapter 5. I had it here earlier today. James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. The Bible says, Alas, was a man subject to like passage as we are, talking about Elijah, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. This is the Elijah that she's now uh, talking with. And I want us to notice that, uh, that this crisis was only uh, multiplied because of his, uh, him, him being there. Now, Elijah just traveled about 100 miles to get there. And uh, God had told him to get there uh, because this widow of Zarephath would, would, would be a blessing to him. So let's look at this lady and let's look at uh, what this lady has for us today. I want us to notice this woman, this mother, and her faith. I want us to notice her faith first of all. In verse number 12, the Bible says, and take your Bibles and turn back to 1 Kings 17 and verse number 12, the Bible says, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal uh, in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress uh, it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Pretty sad. Verses 14 and 15. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not Waste, neither shall the cruise of oil until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. So God tells Elijah, follow along with me now. He tells Elijah to go to Zarephath, and there he would see a widow, and this widow would sustain him. This widow would give him food. And she, he gets there, and the widow says, I don't have any food. I mean, all I've got in the barrel is a, just a little bit I could maybe put in my hand. I've got just a little bit of oil. And so I, I, can't make you, uh, I can't make you any blueberry muffins today. That's in the Hebrew. Uh, but anyway, it, it, it's pretty neat to recognize, again, that Jesus brings this up. Okay, James brings it up. Now, Jesus brings this up again. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter uh, 4. Luke chapter 4. In the New Testament, this faith that we're talking about. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, Elijah. Okay? When the heaven was shut up three years and six months. When great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, which is uh, the in, in the uh, Phoenician or in the Greek, that's the city. And Zarephath was the Hebrew uh, name for that. Uh, <clears throat> a city of Sidon unto a woman that was a widow. So. The Lord brings this up, this faith. 
This is, this is just great. Jesus spoke of this widow basically with all the widows that there were in Israel. God sent Elijah to this one who had no food because he wanted to give Elijah a good dose of what he would need and that is encouragement as he was going to go up against the prophets of Baal and against Ahab and Jezebel. I, this is a message for Elijah as much as it was a message for this widow who had her faith in God. Elijah had great faith in God also. She didn't have food, but she did have faith. Say it with me. She didn't have food, but she did have faith. Say it again. She didn't have food, but she did have faith. I love it. And she put her faith in God. Have you put your faith in God? Do you know God? Uh, you know, the Bible tells us in James chapter 2. Take your Bibles and turn there. James chapter 2. I want you to understand this portion of uh, uh, the message more than any other portion. But in James chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, I want us to recognize that we, many people say, yeah, we, we believe there's a God. We, we know God, but do you really know God? The only way to really know God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. On one of the so many calls this past week, Lady put on the uh, couple put on there that went out to visit another couple that this couple was of a different religion, Lutheran. And, um, and, and, and she said she was Baptist, but now she's Lutheran. She said, uh, the only difference is, is that you believe you have to ask Jesus to come into your heart, and we believe that everybody's saved. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Saved. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. Romans 5, 12. The Bible says, Wherefore is by one man sinned into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. But God committed his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's all about why did Jesus come? He came to die for our sins. To give us life. He was resurrected from the grave to show us victory over sin and over death. And friend, we have to trust in Jesus. We have to put our trust in him. We have to call upon him. It's your free will to either call upon him or reject him. We're not talking about religion here, are we, Rusty? We're talking about salvation and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, she knew. She knew the Lord. 
She had faith in the Lord. Of course, she was under the law. We're now under grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. And friend, I want to tell you today, and ma'am, I want to tell you today that you must put your trust in Jesus Christ. My mom, back in 1955, asked Jesus Christ to come into her heart and forgive her of her sins. She asked Jesus to become her Savior right after that. Isn't it amazing? Right after that, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I would have no hope of a reunion with my sweet mother who passed away on January 1st, 2014. She called me that morning. She never called me. I always called her. But she had a premonition that she would be going to heaven that afternoon, and she did. But I have no hope of that reunion if I did not know Jesus as my Savior. And my mama did not know Jesus as her Savior. But because of that, I have that hope. I have a Lord. My Heavenly Father. I'm in His family. I'm joint heir with Jesus Christ. And friend, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, it's not about religion. I got to tell you, it's not about religion. It's about Jesus Christ. She obeyed God's word. The Bible says in verse number nine, I have commanded a widow woman that there be to sustain thee. And she followed God's word. She had faith and she followed God's word and obeyed God's word. She had been through the school of sorrows. And now God sends Elijah to her for water and food, and she doesn't have food. She's got a couple sticks. She's about ready to die. So hungry I could die. Maybe that's where that phrase came from. Her husband had died. She was alone. She was rearing a son all by herself. She was financially bankrupt. No food. A little bit of meal. A little bit of oil and a couple of sticks. Hmm. She did have faith. She wasn't looking at the at the, at the problems of life, but she was looking to God for help in life. How did Elijah find this widow? God's GPS. Who was she doing? Picking up sticks, looking for food. She was busy doing something. She wasn't just sitting at home waiting for the death angel to come. No, she was busy. God seems to always use busy people. You ever notice that? Yeah. I remember a while back, I thought my sweet daughter Katrina was too busy. So busy in our local church here. And so I suggested that we try to find some other ladies to maybe uh, work in, in, with her in children's church. Maybe she could do it once every two or three weeks or once a month. And I said, yeah, honey, I, I'm thinking about this. Maybe we can start uh, having some other couples take some of these activities. And she didn't say anything. She's sitting in my office. She didn't say anything. She says, well, it's up to you, Pastor. I noticed she didn't call me dad. She called me pastor. And then she came back a couple days later. 
She says, Daddy, can I talk to you? I don't want you to give that ministry up to anyone else. I want that ministry. I love telling Bible stories. I love serving my Lord back there with those children. She said, I love teaching, but so much more fun sharing those Bible stories than it is sharing trigonometry problems. I still like, I still like what Amanda said. Amanda, yeah, there's Amanda. You know, the one that plays piano over there? Come on, Amanda, wave everybody. There she is. She said, Pastor, I said, I bet you you're good at math. She says, no, Pastor. When they started putting uh, the alphabet with numbers, I was out of that math program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this mother and her faith and then this mother and her fears. Notice back to verses 11 and 12. Consider her distress. She hears from Elijah. She knows this is from the Lord, but, but, fear. She focused on how little she had. Oh, well, I've already looked at the bottom line. I'm going to eat the sticks and die. What happens when we focus on fear instead of on faith? What happens? Well, it robs us of the strength of, that, that we could have because of the enabling power of the Holy Spirit in us. We're talking about in Sunday school today. When, after you receive Christ as your Savior, you have the Spirit of God that indwells you, and the Spirit of God fills you, and the Spirit of God can enable you. Amen, Jeremy? Amen. Even to coach girls' sports. Yeah, but it robs us of strength and of joy, enthusiasm, and it dulls our faith. It dulls our vision. It dulls our thinking. Everything is changed when we start focusing on what we don't have instead of what we do have. We need to recognize that it, it becomes frustrating. We can become depressed if we're, if we're not focusing on what God can do instead of what we don't have or what we can do. It's not my ability, it's God's ability. I need to make myself, uh, I put myself in a place where God sees that I'm humble and I want to draw near to him. Take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, please turn there. It's a very important portion of scripture. This is so important. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse number Six, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Yeah, he'll be there. He's always there. He's told me he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Aren't you glad about that, Bruce? He'll never leave me nor forsake me. And besides, is God ever surprised Vivian? When we go through a crisis? Is God ever surprised when 
we go through that valley of trouble, that famine of life, those lean times, have you found yourself defeated in your fears? Turn your face back towards your God. Have faith in God. God loves us and wants us to replace our fears with faith. God wants us to recognize we can rely upon him. We can celebrate that we have a God in heaven who doesn't leave us, but is always there with us and for us. We just celebrated Easter. What's the message of Easter? That God loves us. What's the message of Easter? That God proved his love by resurrecting his son, Jesus Christ, and he provides power for our living, our daily living. Verses 13 through 16, I want you to notice something else in this portion of Scripture. We see the widow's faith, we see the widow's fears, and we see the widow's fullness. From fear to faithfulness, from misery to miracle, God provides, will not fail. The Bible says in verse number 14, the Barrel will not, feel, uh, will not fail. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of milk shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Faith, faith still gives fullness when fear leaves you empty. His grace is sufficient for your needs. Our God can do what we cannot do for ourselves and all God's people said. Amen. Keep your focus on the author and finish your faith. Recognize we have a God in heaven who doesn't save us and said, now you're on your own. But saves us and says, now you're in my family. And I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to meet your needs. I'm going to help you, even through the difficult times of life. I'm there for you. Yep. The widow of Zarephath. Now, how do you stack up with what you have in your barrel or in your bottle of oil? Yeah, we're all pretty well off. Perhaps you're going through a time of famine. I'm here to tell you. God is here for you. 